This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Relax, this is Tofop. Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and uh, thank you for watching. Uh, we're not doing a, a proper episode this week. We're taking a little bit of time out. Um, but what we thought we would do is revisit uh, one of the hottest storylines <laughs> of mm. Tofop in 2022, uh, my obsession with five. Now, I asked Podcast Mike, do you think you would be able to have enough uh, content that you could create a compilation episode? And he said... Yes. Yeah, I think so. The problem will be that I ca- there's too much content about the Boy Band 5, but this is going to be a five mega mix of the entire five saga, which do you think that once this is out, it will finally be put to bed forever, or do you think that this is just... I don't think so. I've been dipping back into the five-verse uh, recently. and just I, After that episode about Jay where uh, we found out where Jay lives, I was like, God... Yeah. I wonder if I can like track him down online. I mean, this is this dude is my white whale. Like, I don't think he has any social media accounts or anything. But maybe he was photographed in the back of a shot on a Facebook page. You know, maybe like a bookshop somewhere in, in Wales. Uh, so I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. What I am interested to find out from this compilation, especially if if Mike does it in chronological order, is how the seed was planted because I think I was too scared to bring it up with you at first. So I, I started with like Cam Knight. And then Claire, and then Claire Tonti, and then you listened to those episodes, and you asked me about it on air. Like, hey, you're talking about five a lot, and then that gave you permission to talk about it because it was my secret shame for so long. But then, you know, uh, 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 no, nothing disinfects like sunlight. <laughs> so you tried to put that sunlight on my uh, five infection, my five action. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, for some reason, the the story of five. Well, I was watching a YouTube video on them today while I was waiting for Gemma to be done at the shop. So I went back to YouTube and watched a, I found a, like some footage I had not found of them in the late 90s rehearsing. And I was like, why does this story fascinate me so much? I mean, could you imagine that you, like, I wonder if they have some Beatles style Peter Jackson, like archive of them. <laughs> they like- do. They do. They have like, because they made... A uh, like a, they released a DVD in mm. 2000 and, uh, 1999, which was like all the rehearsal footage of them yeah. working towards their first tour. So if Peter Jackson wanted to, he could definitely restore. Well, he doesn't want to. He definitely <laughs> does not want to. But what I'm saying is you want to. Could you be the Peter Jackson to five that he was for the Beatles? I mean... Could I bring who, 1990 who? to life in vivid colour? Right. I mean, you're, <laughs> all the ball bearing your necklaces wife is and a pocket Like you know how to do this. Like you have the skill set within your own house. It could be your passion project. Uh, I don't know when this uh, when this obsession is going to end, but um, 
Until it does, uh, here is a little refresher <laughs> on my journey with the boy band five. Uh, enjoy it. And we'll be back with a new episode soon. Play on not 15. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Wrong show. Oh, shit. It is. I drive Iona to daycare and Iona's suddenly become aware of the Spice Girls. She really likes the Spice Girls. And so we'll normally listen to Wannabe while I'm driving her to daycare. And then once I've dropped her off, because I've selected that on Spotify, it then rolls on to the next, you know, song in that genre. And so it rolls into like um, late 90s British pop music, like boy band and girl band music. And so just through like um, – um, I guess some kind of osmosis. I was like listening to this, like these British pop bands. I started getting like curious about, oh, like the late 90s. That's right. That's when like boy bands were at their zenith. And so I just started doing a bit of digging around online and I found this um, show on YouTube. It was like uh, a TV show in 2013 called The Big Reunion where they went out to all these big boy and girl bands from the late 90s, like Atomic Kitten and um, – uh, uh, like 911 and, and the honeys and stuff. And these guys were all big in the eyes. It's been 13 years since they were famous and they were bringing them back together for like one last big hurrah. And so it's like, you know, part reality series, part kind of, you know, Australian Idol where they get these acts back on stage. And I started watching this show and I just was getting, A, I was fascinated by this idea of all these bands in the late 90s. This is, you know, I guess the last time when you could sell 20 million albums. All these acts were huge. Like they all sold like millions and millions of records and they were all intensely famous for no longer than a, say, three to four-year period. And their story is all in the same way. They hit the scene with this huge amount of like, you know, uh, popularity and, 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 and they've got number ones and they're touring the world and they have number one albums and then they all implode. It always It's the same story with each band. It's like they get to the third album – Someone gets burnt out, they quit, they try and carry on. Maybe they replace them or they, you know, become a three-piece or a two-piece, whatever it is, and then they always implode. And then the stories from that is like there'll be one or two band members who try and kind of keep the fame thing going, but then there'll be other band members who are like, well, that was fun, I'm just going to get a real job. And so in this like series, it's them kind of reforming the band and you're sort of getting all the stories of – so there's this one boy band called Five. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they were like – yeah, they were like the. Don't British. you mean f- five five eye? Yeah, five eye. Wasn't it the five five eye? <laughs> that, that's right. So yeah. they were like Simon Cow pre Australian Idol. Baby, Simon, when the lights lights go, go out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they were Simon Cow's like pre Australian Idol project. Yeah. They wanted to create a, a, a like a English Backstreet Boys that were a bit. Um, Wasn't one of them of, called Abs? Was yeah. it one of them was called Abs? Right, Richie Abs Scott. Jay and Sean, they were the they were the five guys, and so uh, Abs was the kind of unofficial kind of lead singer. He was the Justin Timberlake. He was probably the most talented. Right. He could sing and rap. Was good looking. Then you had Richie, who was like the Hugh Grant. He had the kind of like fringe <laughs> and was always wearing like po- very preppy dressed polo shirt and stuff. You had Jay, who was the kind of heavy. He was the rapper who would come in, and he was probably the best looking. He was probably second to Abs as the leader. Uh, yeah, so you had Scott, who's kind of the – he was the singer, um, but probably like the least sort of good-looking of him. And then you had um, Sean, who was like the shy, mysterious one that probably all the girls liked. He was like the George Harrison of the group. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I uh, I started focusing on on five because they had this like they had this meteoric rise where they were like poised to become a huge boy band. They'd cracked the UK market, three number ones, and they're all uh, they'd had their first like top ten single in the US. They're all set to go. One of the guys quit the band. Then um, another, like a month later, another guy quit, and then it all just sort of fell, fell apart, and they just sort of disintegrated. So when this series, the big reunion, starts up, like four of the guys are wanting to get together, and Jay, the heavy, the rapper, they're trying to get him back in, but he decides at the last minute, you know what? Since the band broke up, I just turn my back on showbiz. I just don't. I just like being anonymous. I don't really want to go back into that, and so. They go ahead and they do the show and it's a you know big success, whatever. Now, do they rename themselves for? They have that discussion. They, they yeah. audition for a fifth, a new fifth member, and that's great. Like the audition process is great. Like this one dude comes in, and he's just like, uh, he's this like I'm a male model, um, but you know I've done some singing and stuff. And like, okay, great. Well, can you sing for us? He's like, no, no. And like, oh, okay. Well, could you rap? And he's like, <laughs> no. And they're like, so you gonna do anything? He's like, no, no. I'll just you know if I get the job, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out of the room and I'm like, fucking hell, the ball's on that guy. It's like he's coming in specifically to audition to be a singer. And it's like, will you sing? He's like, nah, I'll do it if I get the nah. job. Yeah, if I get the job. <laughs> are you, are you uh, paying so they, me for this audition? No. <laughs> so they have this discussion about like do they just become a four-piece and so that's what they end up doing. But it, during the do- course of this series, like they all – sort of talk about their recollections of the band and they all start like dropping shit on Jay, the guy who has refused to come back to saying he was a bully and, you know, he was a bit older than the rest of us and, you know, we're all intimidated by him and blah, blah, blah. So then um, I was like, shit, like I've got to find out what happened to Jay. Like I'm like, where is it? And there is like he literally, when he left showbiz, he, he left. There is nothing. He has no social media presence. You can't find anything about him online apart from I think he did – I'm a celebrity, get me out of here in 2007. And the only other thing he did was he did this right of reply interview after the series of this this reunion where he just did this interview and he said like, um, he said, you know, I just, he said, I don't really watch TV or anything like that, but, you know, I heard the boys were doing a show and I was really excited for them. And so I dug the TV out of the, and I, and I sat down to watch my mates and then they all just banged the shit out of me and say that like, I'm the reason the band broke up and that I was a bully and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, it's gone like I was in the band too. Like we were all under like the same amount of intense pressure, and you know the whole reason I, I I've never decided to go back into showbiz is gone. I just fucking hated it. Like I, I hated being told what to think, what to wear, where to be, making songs we didn't really even care about, and so uh, you know, and all of these bands, like whether it was Five or Atomic Kitten, it feels like all of them at least one band member was so like depressed by the experience that they were like were driven to suicide or at least suicidal thoughts. And then I started thinking about it, It's like, okay, so boy bands, they don't really exist anymore. I guess since the advent of like Australian Idol and stuff and maybe even K-pop has sort of supplanted boy and girl bands. Is That's like the number one. Sort well, of like- K- K-pop are boy and girl bands mostly, yeah, right? But, but it's kind of – that's taken – like I think, you know, the appeal of boy band and girl bands – you know, was that it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like superheroes. It's like you have your favourite character and it's all about the dance moves and the costumes and the choreography. And I think K-pop is that, you know, souped up by a million. Like it's there's nine band members and the costumes are amazing. The dancing is even more incredible and stuff. Um, but 
then I, I, I was reading about all these, so especially in England where, you know, as we've discussed on previous episodes, they love a novelty song. Like you can release a, you know, a cover song of, of Eternal Flame or whatever and it'll go straight to number one if you, if you just if you get the timing right. But it seems like these record companies, their modus operandi is like, okay, so we'll run these talent recruitments. We'll, we'll find this band. We'll assemble this band. We'll sign them to a six-album deal knowing that they're probably going to implode after three albums. We're probably only going to get they're, – they're almost banking on the fact that they this, this band won't be able to fulfill their commitments because the contracts they get signed to at the start are massively in the record company's favour. If you can survive that initial six-album deal, then you can renegotiate and you can probably give yourself a much better deal. But like all of these artists – and like I'm talking like multiple, like 12 different groups – and none of them have any money. Like, and all these, out, like all these record companies sold, like I think five sold twenty million albums worldwide. And you know, none of them have anything to show for it. And then you're like, oh, so that's kind of what it was in the '90s. It's like if you you know wanted to make a lot of money really quickly, get that boy or girl band together, sign them up to some ridiculous, completely inequitable deal, and hope. Like you're kind of banking on the fact. That they are going to employ because when they were discussing like why they broke up, it was like you know they'd been working for three years straight. They hadn't had any days off. It was just like tour, studio, press, tour, studio, press, and they're all like 15, 16, 17 when it started. So they're teenagers. So it makes complete sense by the time they get to twenty, they're like going fucking crazy. But then it's like that's what they want. <laughs> like that's what these record companies want. It's so. So bizarre. And then, so I was like, okay, well, we're a three now. Uh, three. We're a five now. Five <laughs> or three. So they just, so it's, so Abs has left and Jay, like I said, underground, he's never really surfaced again. Um, Abs is a really like interesting dude. He's um, from West London. So he's got that kind of like Ali G, uh, you know, Stormzy kind of accent. Like for real, for real, like talks like that. And he's like, covered in tattoos now and he lives on a farm you know he just he just he's a farmer now essentially um but i saw i found this interview he did like three years ago where again he was talking about how being a pop star like drove him towards suicide and um he tells this story about how so after five sort of split up he got a solo album deal didn't really go anywhere but he was still like a celebrity and you know bobbing around in the uk doing stuff and money was going, 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 but he had this penthouse apartment with no furniture and like no cutlery. It's the only thing he had was his apartment, but nothing in it. Um, and so eventually this very wealthy woman, like society, wealthy society woman said to him, just come stay with me. I've got a big house. You can stay in one of my rooms. So he moved into this mansion and he said like this woman was like, into what like just super wealthy and plugged in with like royalty and like just like the you know the rich of the rich in the UK and he said every day was a party like there was just constantly people at the house constant parties he'd wake up in the morning there'd be like a, a tray of cocaine and like a vodka uh, a, a vodka pineapple smoothie beside his bed that was his breakfast for like two years and he said at one point a very famous politician said to him. Um, if you sleep with me, I'll buy you a brand new Bentley. And he was like, I actually was thinking about it. It's like, I would really like a Bentley. And then he was like, what am I doing? Like I've become, I'm their pet. Like that's what they've got me here. Like this woman just wanted like a celebrity pet. And 
And right. so I've been like living in her house is this kind of like a weird, it's almost like, you know, here in Victorian times, it was kind of considered like a, a good social standing to have like a, a hobo living on your property. And it's like, that's what, it's like an eyes wide shot, some weird kind of twisted, decadent, rich people thing. Okay, talk me through this pet thing because this sounds like a good next stage of my career because <laughs> like, we have pets and pets are looked after very well. Like the idea of being at some sort of like two-year party just as a novelty for rich people, do you think that I could be someone's pet? Do you think there would be somebody out there of wealthy means? Like they have to be eccentric like this person, but say mm. let's go – let's say it is a you know, a female benefactor. It doesn't have to be, but let's just say for this example like this one was. Mm. Grew up listening to Triple J or something, like informative years Glass but has gone on to make like millions in – business and those sort of things and just has always had some sort of affection for me or my work or whatever it is like reminds me of some time in her life that is important to her and she has so much money that she's like well this would be fun like i could go and see him in concert or i could just have him living in the in the pool room and he could Mm. be my pet and i could bring him out at parties and stuff like what would the role entail do you think like from watching this documentary what do you feel like like your day what what abs had to get up to I think Abs just had to be there. Like, I think Abs just had to. I mean, I, it wasn't like he was having to perform. So I doubt you'd have to be like you wouldn't have to be writing any more material. I think your presence alone right. is the is the value. Yeah, I think it'd I'd be a pretty yeah. good deal for you. But I think you would have to Feels party. Like a great job. Well, you'd have to party I don't know what all the Abs time. is complaining about. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure what Abs is complaining about. <laughs> Well, don't you think it would be like a little kind of – it would be a bit of a nightmare after a while. It would be, it'd be like that ironic punishment where it's like, oh, partying all the time would be amazing. But then surrounded by those people – and I imagine too it would be a slowly escalating – like at first it would be great. You're just the pet. You just come out and people are like, oh, there's Will Anderson. I used to watch him on the glass house and stuff. Yeah. But then they want Will Anderson. What can we make Will Anderson do? Do you think – if we oh, threw yeah. this money on the floor, like <laughs> with his bad hips, we could get him on hands and knees, like picking up these $5 bills. You know, the humiliations would start because they're rich. They, uh, yeah. and, and they, because I think what happens is rich people who are untalented or rich people who aren't famous, they have money, but they don't have any of the other kind of trappings. And so they like hanging around with famous people because it makes them feel like, you know, the just by association that they maybe they're famous or they're talented or whatever. So they're going to want to bring you down to their level. They're going to want to take the shine off your talent and make you feel as worthless as they feel about themselves. That's what I'm saying. So I think it would be fine for the first month, but soon they're going to want to humiliate you. Little, just little bit, bits and pieces of humiliation. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, I can. I mean, I humiliate <laughs> myself on a daily basis, so I can put up with a little humiliation from others. <laughs> this week, I have Claire Tonti on on Fofop. We had a great chat, and the first half an hour is is a bit like a therapy session because um, uh, when we recorded it, it was when. The Northern Rivers got hit with that second wave of flooding, and I was here on my own with Iona. Jen was off at a conference. Iona got really sick. I was minding a friend's dog for the first time who I didn't know, and the dog wouldn't stop fucking barking. So I had like flood water coming in downstairs. I had a sick child and this baby, and I was just stressing the fuck out. Like it was just two days of just stressing the fuck out. And then, you know, the only thing that seemed to save me was watching videos of five. <laughs> on youtube like watching like 
whatever videos I could find of five. And as we talked about in this show, I don't know what triggered this kind of interest in five, but you know, it just became this kind of like safe place for me. So when I was talking to Claire about it, she was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what's going on here. She said, I talked to lots of mums on, on my podcast and you're going through an identity crisis. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> she said, well, it happens a lot with parents when you know, you've gone from one lifestyle where you could do whatever you want and see whatever you want and, you know, experience anything. To want. Now you're sort of in service of this, this child. And while you love that child and stuff, you do start to go, hang on, like, who am I again? And so the fact that I'm sort of retreating back to this late 90s boy band that I was never a fan of in the late 90s, it's not so much them or their music. I'm retreating back to a time in which I had no responsibility, you know, and which like, I just moved to Sydney, you know, the, the world was at my feet. I, I had everything in front of me. And so in some weird kind of like childhood like or, or, or adult trauma kind of way, midlife crisis, I guess it is, like my brain is going back to just give me things, give me, remind me when the world was like a safe place. Remind me when the, you know, climate change was just this kind of concept. Remind me when, you know, uh, you didn't have responsibilities and you weren't going to die any second now. <laughs> like, and so that's, I guess- what I've been doing is this, like this weird insulation, and I think the Melbourne thing is another, like, another version of that, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, when Gem and I first met, you know, we were living in Melbourne and we had our friendship group, and Sunday sessions would be spent at the vineyard, or you know, you go to the pub somewhere, and you didn't have any responsibility. You could drink all night on a Sunday night and not have anything to worry about on a Monday. And I don't know when. I'm hoping that this is just like a phase that, that I'm, I'm going through that I will get over it and readjust and accept the fact of where I am presently. <laughs> I don't want to be retreating back into my memory of how good things were because I, I feel like I'm the uncle in Napoleon Dynamite who's always just talking about, you know, back when I was in high school, I was like the quarterback hero. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but I also think that there's just a role for comfort spaces. So I we've talked about this before on the show, but the, the other night when I was so I just came back here after the show and I couldn't get the internet to work well enough to watch a movie or anything. So like all I could do is like watch clips on YouTube. So I'm just going through like you know songs and whatever on YouTube, and then eventually I find myself to the place that I always find myself to when I go down this hole on YouTube. I'm like fuck it, I'm going to watch Bruno Mars dance, and so. <laughs> 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 and there's, since since I last went down my watching Bruno Mars dance hole, there's been a whole bunch of new Bruno Mars dancing um, footage, oh, including okay. a 45 minute concert that um, he put together. So like I I sat and watched a 45 minute Bruno Mars concert at two o'clock in the morning the other morning, and I was just like, this is as safe as I have felt in a very yeah. long time. Like in a world that is absolutely terrifying, for this 45 minutes, I understand that I am in the safest entertainer's head. I, I think he is just, and I mean this, I don't mean he is the most talented person in the world. I don't mean that he is the, um, you know, like, you know, the best musician or the best songwriter, but I think he is the best entertainer, like all-round mm. entertainer, singer, dancer, yeah. just put on a show and like the fact that you know he's his gang his musicians and dancers like the fact that you will see see yeah. a song performed 
different ways. Like, you know, you see them do it at the Super Bowl, you see them do it at their concert, you see them do them some music awards, and they're not doing the same choreography, they haven't set it up the same way, they're not wearing the same clothes. Like, the fact that every time they're doing it, they've thought about it as a different performer. Like, he that Bruno Mars, I've never seen Bruno Mars in concert, but I was, like, watching this concert film the other night just going, when Bruno, if Bruno Mars ever comes to Australia again, I am absolutely going to see Bruno Mars in concert. I think there's certain artists like that where even if you're not a fan of their music, like Beyonce, I don't really listen to Beyonce's music, but I've seen a bunch of her like concert films and stuff and she's incredible. And it's really about the spectacle, you know, and the idea of actually, what was I watching? There was someone, uh, one of those music documentaries where they're talking about the first artist to really like um, art director a kind of concert like it wasn't you know back in the day it used to be the band would just come out and play but then the idea of having like an artistic director maybe who was it it was someone who like people think is shit oh no it was grace jones sorry grace jones i i I don't know how i went down this grace jones rabbit hole but i'm like i don't really know anything about we're watching an andy warhol documentary and there's grace jones i'm like i'm aware of grace jones but i don't really know who she was. And so then I found out that she was this like model and then she became this avant-garde kind of artist and musician and a bit of a pop star in the late 70s, early 80s. But she was one of the first people who was like, well, I'm mates with all these fashion designers and artists and stuff. I'm going to help them. I'm, I'm going to get them to help me design a show because I don't know what her musical ability was or even what her voice was like. But that's not why people went to see Grace Jones' show. They went to see the costumes and the lighting and, you know, the way that she would, you know, bring herself onto stage and stuff. And now you sort of expand that. It's been co-opted by pop stars where, you know, Miley Cyrus will get the dude from the Flaming Lips to be the creative director of her show. And so I had friends who would not listen to a Miley Cyrus song to save themselves, but they were going to the Miley Cyrus concert because they were like, it's fucking incredible. Like it's really, you know, the costumes and the props and everything like that. And so I can sort of understand that. But Bruno Mars, I would be quite happy to see like Bruno Mars unplugged. <laughs> just like if he's just going to come out and sing and, and, do, and do a little dance, then I think, yeah, that that he's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, I mean – so I watched this 45-minute documentary concert film, you know, that promo film that they'd made. But then I just started going, I'm going to just watch them on every TV show they've done. So th- there's one that they do with on, El- on Ellen where they do Uptown Funk on Ellen and, like, basically Bruno and his boys are in the front row of the audience and they've just, like, got the entire audience to do all the stuff behind them, like do the all the call and response stuff. And I'm just like the fact that they went to all that effort, you know, like they, they they could have come in and just done the song, done their choreography, whatever. But they've clearly, and the charm that that man has. So this promo, you know, kind of record launch, you know, film thing. It's there's interstitials in between where he's going around Harlem giving out free tickets and sort of like meeting characters around Harlem, and then him and his boys will just do these little pop up stoop concerts and like in a restaurant or in a bar or whatever. And you, it just like the level of just brutal charm mm. that he has for a tiny little man. Like he is just <laughs> relentlessly charming. You've seen that footage of him as like a three-year-old Elvis impersonator. Have you seen that? There's like a, there's a clip well, of that he's online. In, he's in, so this is how I got back. In, like this is how, uh, okay. So there's these things called the Kennedy Center yep. Honours. Do you yeah, know yeah, the Kennedy yeah, Center yeah. Honours? So 
Yeah, so they're honoring some musician and then they get like other musicians. Are you to talking play about the, the Sting one? To them. The, the Sting Kennedy, is this the one you're going to bring up? Or the police? The Sting? Because uh, I've seen that one where Bruno performs I, I just, for Sting. So Bruno performs Sting. Yeah. And there's also one where he does Prince. Right, I haven't seen that one. And they're both unreal, but they're basically impressions. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, as in. He has this capacity to be able to like super capture what those artists actually did, like vocally and stylistically and those sort of things. I actually went into it because I was watching Hart do a version of Stairway to Heaven to the Led Zeppelin guys. And if you've never seen it, like just seeing like them just crumble one by one on the balcony as they kind of witness Hart do this amazing version of Stairway to Heaven. It's just but then, yeah, then I just went down that rabbit hole of just watching one after one after one, and then that that got me onto Bruno Mars. Yeah, it is funny. Like, I think the difference with your like comfort food and my comfort food is mine mm. swings between like, oh yeah, um, you know, this sort of frozen in time boy band in the nineties when everything was possible. But then I will leap forward to present day and be like, oh fuck, like look at them now, three of them, and they're doing these kind of like town fairs like they, they do nightclub gigs and they'll do like they'll do a tour if there's like a bunch of boy bands in the 90s they'll do one of those like it's a compilation jukebox sort of tour um but there's the one guy in it jay the rapper who kind of just disappeared from the public eye as soon as the band was done he just retreated didn't do anything i have been like like a, a bob woodward I've just been on the trail trying to fucking find out where is Jay, man? Like, and I'm like, this is the 2022 World Wide Web. I cannot find. There's not one skerrick of, of evidence of where he is now. And I and I just want to know, is he okay? Where's he living? Like, does he still rap anymore? Because he had some pretty good flow back in the day <laughs> when he was in five. But then the other part of me is like, but Charlie, he doesn't want to be found. Like that's why he's retreated from the right. public eye and doesn't have any social media. And like you can't find anything on him beyond he did an interview in 2013 to defend himself about what the other guys in the band said about him. And that was the last thing he did. And then I saw I saw Abs being interviewed last year and the question was, do you keep in touch with any of the guys from the band? He said, yeah, I talked to Jay a fair bit. And I'm like, oh, good. So Jay's still alive. I feel okay. But if anyone out there can give me some info, and I don't want you to intrude on his privacy, like – I don't want – if you live in the UK, I don't want you, like, snapping photos of Jay wherever he is now. But if you just can tell me that he's okay, just let me know that Jay's all right and he's happy in his life of anonymity. That will – I think that will help kind of me just um, detox from my five kind of overload. I, I want to separate from this now. It's been it's been two to three weeks now of me gorging on all this five bullshit for comfort and obviously, you know, because I've lost my identity. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm ready now to to move on. But I think I can only move on once I have some closure around what, what Jay's doing. Is Jay okay? Is that's Jay okay? We, well, that's all we want to know. <laughs> We've got a little bit of mail here. All of it is kind of five themed. Um, so that will be our five content for, for this week. Uh, this mm, is from Callie great. saying, Hi, Will, but especially Charlie. I listened to the last five heavy Topop eps. I think you just need to embrace your boy and girl band love. Charlie, it's okay. Honestly, you can love manufactured pop and still be cool. Maybe. We have support groups on Tumblr and everything. Yours in boy, girl, boy, girl, band, love, solidarity, Cali. What do you reckon, Will? Can someone love boy bands and still be cool? Well, there's nothing that says mainstream acceptance like having support groups on Tumblr. To me. <laughs> you know, the one 
<laughs> universal social media that everybody is still using Tumblr. Um, I no, I think you can. I think it's a different world now. I think that K-pop has changed the game completely in people's like understanding of what manufactured pop music is and what role it plays in the pop music sphere. I think that you just need to own it a little bit more. I feel like you've been going in like it should be something that you're embarrassed about, and now you have to just go. No, no, no. I'm not embarrassed about this. I am. Australia's leading five aficionado. <laughs> so. Well, but it did get to the point where someone from, like, I think the official five fan club, because all the online chatter had got back to oh, them, yeah. and so they were messaging us during the week saying, oh, yeah, you guys should definitely go see them. The guys are lovely, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, this is going too far. I like it when it's theoretical. I like us talking about it, but I don't want to be drawn into this world. I don't want to be engaging with the band, apart from Jay. Is Jay a hashtag? Is Jay okay? <laughs> Like that's the only member of the band but, I talk to. Don't you think that it would be fun to just be friends with the three remaining members of Five? Like, <laughs> just you know, like if if like one of their songs came on at a party, we'd be like, you know, we we know these guys. We actually we met them at the original RSL after a gig. Okay. <laughs> We're friends with them now. I, I guess. By the way, is Jay okay? I mean, maybe this is the way we can find out if Jay is okay. I know surely someone in the band still knows where Jay is and what Jay is up to. Like, we've got to find out if Jay's okay. Uh, this is from Sasha. Hey, Will and the Five Guy. Hope you're doing well. I uh, just finished your last episode. And yes, I'm one of those guys who's a Patreon supporter of Philosophy who is more than happy for that donation to then go to the collective TOEFOP pods and funds. But it's easier for you. If it's easy for you, I can alter it whatever suits you best. No, mate, that's fine. If you're happy just to leave your money going to Philosophy, like Will says, it's all going to the same account. Um, so, Charlie, you said you needed to branch off your five fixations. So, here's a little sideways step. Please check out my amazing friend who is an awesome rapper from San Fran. He goes by the name Fifth. You see the five reference? Um, Like me, he escaped a high control religious cult, Jehovah's Witnesses, and has produced some great tracks Mm. about breaking free. Might make some good TOEFOP content. Please check out uh, this one track, The Cost of Doing Business. You can find it on YouTube. Oh, and also, I'd be keen to be one of the 200 you need for the eight-hour podcasting marathon idea if you ever do it. It sounds like a typically stupid but very TOEFOP-branded idea. Um, yeah, so we did run a poll during the week to see uh, how many people. We had like the majority of people who responded on Instagram and Twitter did say they would come, but we had less than 200 respondents <laughs> in the positive. So I, yeah, I said we that. have to be guaranteed <laughs> at least 200. Even uh- – even in a theoretical sense, there was less than 200 people who said that they would do it. Like even when there was no real stakes on the line, we weren't collecting names or addresses or credit card details and we couldn't even get 200 to agree to it in that format. Uh, final bit of mail here from Carl. Uh, Gents, I love the pod. Thank you for putting it together. All the talk about five reminded me of something I saw happen a few years ago. I thought you might get a chuckle out of this story. I was on the tube in London quite late one night. There must have been a five concert on as there was a few middle-aged-ish women on their way home in various merch and paraphernalia. One lady must have quite enjoyed reliving her youth as she'd scrawled five, five uh, as in the number five, I-V-E, on her arms and legs in texter and had obviously had quite a few drinks and was feeling quite merry. A dude on the train noticed the scrawling and asked what it was. She explained that it was a boy band from the 90s and he remembered them. Then he started singing the chorus from one of their songs. He must have hit all the right notes 
as our protagonist lunges at him, pashes him for about a minute until we pull up to the station. She lets go, perhaps realizes she's no longer a teenager, and quickly jumps off the train, visibly embarrassed. We watched as she runs down the platform, jumps back on the tube into what she thinks is a different carriage to sit down, but it takes her a few seconds to look up and realize she's re-entered the same carriage just at a different door. (laughs) She sits there trying not to make eye contact with anyone until she gets up again in the next stop and presumably goes to a different carriage this time. What would you have done if you were in her shoes? Oh, well, probably wouldn't have kissed some random dude on the tube in London. I think that would be my first step. I mean, that's the power of five, It really though. is, man. That is the power I would love five. to know what song he sang that got her so hot and bothered. Maybe when the lights go out. Yeah. but Well, she needed the lights to go out because she clearly got back on the same carriage. That, to me, is the favourite bit. She's like, I've got to get out of here. This is a bad thing. I've made a bad choice. Run, run, run. Real sliding doors moment, except it's the same train that, carriage. I mean, is that is like there's a there's a thing that happens to people when they ask out bar staff or waiters and then get turned down and then have to stay at their table or at the bar yeah. with the person who's just rejected them. What's more embarrassing? Um, oh, look, I think just in this situation, it's all fun. It's all, this is all fun, right? Like you go to a five concert, you scroll five eye on your like legs in texture, you pash a random <laughs> on the train, and then you think you're escaping them, and they just end up in the same carriage. It's a good night out. Good story for the girls. Well, maybe that is like a warning for us not to go see five at the Rudy Hill RSL. Cause what happens if they get us so hot mm. and bothered that you we want to pass on the train home? We just start passionate. Oh, oh yeah. I've got, yeah. Strangers, not the band five, not the three remaining members of the band. Yeah, of yeah. Five. <laughs> no, no, we respect the three members, the three of five, yeah, the three yeah. fifths. I mean, it would be a good place if you were like a sort of a middle-aged man who was looking for some love and, you know, maybe woman. looking to meet yeah. some eligible women. Like, you know, you go there, you let the three remaining members of five warm them up, get them in the mood, and then you just yeah. sweep in at the last moment. Yeah. yeah, sweep in. Sweep in like abs. Used to sweep in in the opening scene of the uh, Everybody Dance <laughs> music video. Anyway. <laughs> I still subscribe to Smodcast yeah. and, and have them come into my feed, but I don't really – listen to them anymore but it's like i guess that will happen to us at some point that all these wonderful people have followed us in this 10-year journey will just be like oh yeah yeah i remember listening to them but i i don't really dig what they're doing now they're ranting a lot about stuff <laughs> bins I mean, and honestly like nine episodes have been about the boy band five <laughs> i don't know what's going on which by the way came in very handy to me oh, this morning good because randomly, completely randomly, I was doing some press this morning and I was talking to uh, Fitzy and Whipper mm-hmm. on Nova. I'm aware of them. And it came off the back of uh, Harry Styles and we started talking about boy bands. Oh, and why like, they've kind of like thrown up, you know, just as like a half offer, the idea of did you ever have like a – in fact, Fitzy's literally gone into it. I know you're into more alternative music, but was there ever a boy band that you – and then I've done like five minutes of like five. could do it at the gala, <laughs> best of gold on like – you know, I'm like five are still on tour, but there's only three of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you got to put it to use because – I got a real lesson in knowing your audience yeah. because um, uh, I was at, I was in Melbourne over the weekend and visiting friends and um, my mate Nick. We watched the football together and 
Um, Nick's kind of like you. He likes his alternative music. He's into sort of more heavier stuff like Tool and things like that. But he also really loves hip-hop. And so, um, you know, we had a bit of medicine, so we're having a bit, a bit of a chat. And I, I was feeling a bit confident. <laughs> and so I said, oh, you know what I've been listening to a lot of and i know it's like you know silly it's kind of ironic but i've really been listening to five and he was like five i, I don't know who oh. five is and i'm like oh that was this no no you- <laughs> this english boy band and and there's now there's around there's only three of them but they're still called five you know did the whole thing what i love by the way is last week on the podcast when you declared that you were never going to talk about five again on the show for, you brought it up the next 35 minutes and then now you're taking these five conversations out into the wild trying to have them one-on-one with people i won't do it again because i i was like (laughs) oh yeah and then i so i just repeated the bit from last week's tofu where i'm like oh he talks about jimmy fly snooker and then it's Mm. it's jimmy superfly snooker it can't be jimmy fly snooker it's not his name and he's like what's the song called i said everybody get up and i said it's actually a fun kind of like you know a poppier version of like a beastie boys song you just get like a hard rock kind of riff and you just wrap over the top and we put it on and like a minute into it, I could just sort of, he just sort of side-eyed me and he was like, this is terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. I know it's terrible, but l- listen to this rap bit. And then we go to the rap bit. And I'm like, that's Jay. Jay's gone missing. Like no one knows where Jay is these days. <laughs> and it was one of those things where, I don't know, like you, you sort of like introduce someone and then like it, then it just became painful for everyone. Like, cause his wife uh-huh. and Jem was in, in the room as well. And his you've, daughter- you've spent a fair amount of time working on your sex swing. Yeah. Right? You've been fiddling around in the garage for eight weeks, putting together your sex swing. And then you've taken everyone down to the garage and gone, look, I've been working on this project. I think you're really going to like it. And then everyone's like, Oh my God, uh, it was, <laughs> we've got to get out. It was here. awkward because then we got, we got through the, the, the Jay, rap and I'm like see you know he says like Jimmy Fly snooking uh, and it's like yeah but then there's still like two minutes of the song to go that no one in the room liked or wanted to hear but I'm the one who's like flying the flag going no no it's not look I get it's bad I understand that but it's more just the do you are you not getting the Jay Jay's gone missing (laughs) like no one knows where Jay is and there's only three of them now and all right. Okay. And so we just sort of let it peter out. And then he went to his phone and put on some like underground hip hop guy from New York or something and, and like completely embarrassed me. I, so I put my tail between my legs. I was like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Well, you're the person, you're the anti vaxxer at a like a scientist <laughs> yeah, that's party. Right. That's what's happened there. <laughs> like you've just gone, no, you've got to understand like there's Bill Gates and there's microchips. But I've and- never known how this thing works like what's cool and what's not because this mm. same friend like uh, about yes. six months ago when we we're at his place he put on this playlist that was like yacht rock mm. so it was all like robert palmer and stuff mm. and i'm like well this is shit music but he's like no it's not it's like actually yeah. really really well written and the, you know back in the 80s like the pop music was different i'm like i how come that gets a pass like you know robert palmer yacht rock and then i put on five and that sucks like can't we just both like things that are shit and we just respect each other's terrible choices? Well, I think that the difference is that you learnt the rest. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I went too far in. I committed. You went too far in. You got like red-pilled when it comes to the boy band Five Five. And I'm I'm here for it, by the way. I'm not like I'm not against this in any way. In fact, to the point, and I think this is probably the secret to the long-lasting nature of this podcast, if there is one, which is that we 
are here for each other's bullshit in a way that other people are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so whatever ridiculous thing you want to talk to me about, I am okay. fine with it. Like, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. But it, that was a real kind of sobering moment where I was like, I, and it's also because yeah. I think, you know, when we talked about what prompted, it was all about like, you know, in the midst of floods and horrible things happening, I needed some yeah. kind of comfort food. But now it sort of yeah. feels. Did you set that up though when you were trying to present no, it to no, your no. friends? Like, did you tell that story? See, that's if you're ever, ever going to try it again, you've got to start. I with need to clear. I need to clear to start, there to draw it out of me. <laughs> the, the, the deep psychological yeah. scarring and the lack of identity you, <laughs> that I am. You you have to connect it with this like legitimate yeah. moment because like as soon as you bring up the floods and being in the middle of a natural disaster and like you know and by day I was volunteering helping other people clean out you know the devastation that was wrought on their lives anyway the only thing that really got me through that in a traumatic sense a therapy sense if you will was like this relief this brain brain bleach and this fascinating story about this like you know in the same way as you know K pop is incredibly you know. It is its own thing. We all know that it's manufactured. Like this is the beginning of that. And if you'd done all that first, and then gone, by the way, I've learned all Jay's raps, and he's gone missing. <laughs> I think by then you would have got, you would have had him. You but, know, like you could have gone. You know, one of the worst things about the floods were all the people who went missing. Speaking of people going missing, do you know that Jay from the Boy Band Five? You know what's really missing? funny too is that uh, one of my old mates from high school. Mm. Who are, um, uh, he lives in New York now. He's lived in New York for about better part of 20 years. But when we were young, we were very close. And we, when we left school, we backpacked around Asia together and stuff. And out of the blue, I haven't heard from him in years. He messaged me uh, a link to an article, um, uh, which is like, I can't remember what it's called, a girl power, like reevaluating the Spice Girls. This idea that the Spice Girls mm. were this manufactured kind of pop band who had this manufactured, you know, uh, catch cry of girl power, but then that actually gave rise to a genuine kind of like feminist movement, which is now there's all these adult women now who, you know, who who sort of hold those values true. And he sent that to me saying, hey, man, uh, I don't know why, but this made me think of you. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, have I been like carrying the can for manufactured boy and girl bands for 20 years and I just don't know it? Like, is this some kind of... Um, you know, born identity where like I, you know, I, I don't, I've been knocked out and I've I discovered that I'm actually this like champion of, of manufactured pop because I don't recall. I mean, I know that I had an ironic uh, fascination with the Spice Girls in uni and that I went and saw Spice World at the movie twice, at the movies twice. <laughs> but I also don't really remember being like this, you know, I love the Spice Girls and I went to see them in concert and I can name all their birthdays or anything like that. Yeah, but you know what? You are a man who will tell you what you want and what you really, really want. And that's what I've always said about you is well, – um, No, I think it's – like you talk about Spice Girls. I mean Adele could not be more a revered and credible artist and she talks about how completely like informative on who she was and what she became the Spice Girls were. So I just think you could do that with the band Five. Right. But they like, weren't incredibly could, informative on me as a as a in my development as a forty four year old man. I mean, does that <laughs> does that really matter? Like, we can backdate some of okay. this story. Like, if you are going to be the chief proponent for the boy band five, like I think that is more interesting. Like, of course, there's going to be plenty of people that are talking about the Spice Girls and how the Spice Girls. But essentially, what you've got to do is look at all the stuff that they've done around the Spice Girls and just copy it but make it about the band five yeah. 
Plus, you've got the mystery. Like, imagine if, like, you know, like Posh Spice had, like, disappeared and nobody knew where Posh Spice was. Like, people would be talking about the Spice Girls Well, do you know what the crossover is? I mean, there's obviously the, um, what's his name from X Factor, Simon Cowell. He was behind both Five Mm. and the Spice Girls. But Jay and Mel C from the Spice Girls, they dated at one point. Really? (laughs) Is that right? So Jay and Sporty. Jay and Sporty. They dated at one point, yeah. Very short, okay, very short-lived, but uh, yeah, they were, they were partners. Is that why he went missing? I don't think so. <laughs> Did, is there any chance that Sporty Spices had Jay from Five No, killed? but she did post something because, no. like I said, he has not been cited. He's done two appearances in, in since, you know, mm. the, the the days of Five's heyday. And uh, I saw on Mel C's Twitter um, someone posted a screen grab of him all bearded and, you know, looking all retired and living in the hills like he does. And said, hey, do you know who this is? And she's like, of course. That's like lovely Jason, you know, blah, 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 blah. He was such a sweetheart. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if they are still in touch. And if you got to Sporty, uh, would you get to Jay? Because <laughs> as you know, Will, yeah. is Jay okay? <laughs> I have to know where he is and <laughs> is he okay? Is there a chance? Like how hard would it be? Because how old would Jay be my at this age stage? Forty-five. Okay, perfect. This is perfect for okay. my plan. How physically? How much physically would you have to do to resemble to be able to pass for oh, Jay? Not a no. I don't think too much. I'd have to. He he. Like current oh, day Jay, I would say he would be bald now. He was definitely balding. Okay. So I'd have to shave my head. I'd have to get a pretty sort of thick. Like he's got that. I think it's a Ross Noble. Where's Ross Noble from? Yeah, Geordie. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Geordie, Geordie accent, or I think. Or is he? Oh, boys, it might be Welsh, actually. It might be a Welsh accent, but it okay. sounds weird. <laughs> it's one of, those weird, <laughs> one of those weird British accents. Not one of those ones we can all do, one of those weird ones where you're like, where are you from? But, but you know, like, there's always a case of like, you know, uh, you know uh, Prince Philip's my dad yeah. or like someone will come along and they go like, I'm the, this person that's gone missing. Oh, I am that person. So you're saying I just say I'm Jay? Oh, yes. Well, you know, because Jay's gone away. Jay's gone away. So Jay's not going to come. Either two things yeah. happen. Either Jay's happy because, like, it's like, great, I'm back in the band. You know, there's another guy who knows all my raps. Everything's yeah. fine, you know? He's or to come out of you draw out that's Jay. Idea. That's how you get, that's how you get to find Okay. Him. So is it you come out and you say that you how are? Do, Jay. But do I, I have to get the other, do I have to get the other members of Five on board? It doesn't matter. I just I just come I just start an Instagram account saying Jay from mm. Five, and I just start yeah. sending out missives, just rapping freestyle raps. Jay from Five yeah. is alive is the Instagram yeah. handle, and then you just yeah you start building a story that you are indeed. Jay but I from think five. the problem with that is it will immediately be shot down by the existing members mm. of Five, like the three guys. Okay, will be, that's yeah. not Jay, right. like, and so there's no need for Jay to come out. Like, no, so you've got to convince yeah. them or get them yes. in on it. Maybe they're fine to be in on. They might right? be. Publicity would like, be great. Yeah. So you rock up one day. Looking okay. Like so here's Jay. what we do. Because I think yeah. it's what would be better. Because rather than looking like Jay now, because people don't want that. Yeah. This we're in the. They want oh, me to true. look like Jay looked yeah. when he was in his twenties. So he was blonde. He had an. His signature thing was he had an eyebrow ring. That's how you knew he was the bad boy. Mm-hmm. So I, I get blonde and I get the eyebrow ring. And yeah. I think he sort of experimented with like facial hair. I'll have to dye everything. I'll have to dye okay. eyebrows, hair, beard, and I'll get mm-hmm. the eyebrow ring. And I'll have to work on my wraps. Okay, so 
You do that. We go to see them at the Rudy Hill RSL when they're on tour. <laughs> and you are dressed like Jay. As, like but Jay like in Jay. 1999 too. So I'm wearing like a FUBU like sports jersey with a big like number on it. I've got some Klepper mustard-coloured pants on and some Timberlands. Baggy. So, so you're ready yeah. to go. And then when – who's doing the raps now? Um, Scott. Yeah, so when Scott's about to lay down, you just – like what would be your best one? If you were going to choose like one – Everybody get up. Yeah, everybody get up. So you're going to yeah. do like the J bars Resident from- president. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You're doing resident president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you just go- I jump on stage. Aside. Yeah. You jump on stage and you start doing it. I mean, if if Five Eye are at the Rudy Hill RSL doing a gig yeah. and- Someone comes along dressed – put yourself in their shoes, right? Yeah. Someone comes along dressed as Jay and knows all Jay's raps. That's a fun night on the tour. You get that yeah. guy up to do a verse. Yeah, of course. Like Dave Grohl does that with yeah. fans all the time, gets them up to play well, play along. Would it – I mean, but would it also not – would you not just look out into the crowd and go, well, that guy's clearly a massive fan? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> How much do you think it would cost me if I went up to beforehand – to like Five's manager, and I was like, hey, my friend here is like the biggest Jay fan of all time. Look at him. He's even dressed like Jay was back in the day. <laughs> Jay <laughs> in the day. He dyed his hair for this occasion. He's like really just – Forget really- the fact that he's 45 years old <laughs> for a start. Just imagine he's 20. <laughs> and he would really just love to do one one verse. With the group tonight, could you do resident president? Is is that okay? Like, and how much do you think it would cost me to pay off Five's manager for them to? I don't think. Oh, you know what? Call- I'm willing to lie a little. He's okay. dying. Oh, this yeah. is like his make a wish. Like, and yeah. he is he, all he's ever really wanted to do. Five are his favorite band. Um, he just wants to do this one verse. Could could you let him do? it? Do you think that they would agree to that? Hundred percent. So why are aren't we you? doing this? <laughs> Well, that's a good point. Why aren't we doing it? Um, they would definitely allow that to happen. Uh, I I don't know if that works, though, to bring Jay out. I mean, isn't the end goal to bring Jay out? I think it's more- Well, no, no, no. Oh, sorry. This is only me planting the seed. Like, oh, okay. I'm assuming and, right. at this point that you do so well in this rap that they're all like, oh, my God. Like, it's like almost no. having, like, Jay back. I've got a, I've and- got a better, I've got a better okay, strategy. Good. Okay. So, you know that urban myth about um, Paul's dead. Paul McCartney. And, yep. Yeah, yeah. And MI6 approached the surviving Beatles mm. to say, hey, this is going to cause mass suicide amongst teenage girls. We have to get a double in. Yeah. We approach the three members of five and say, <laughs> we are from ASIO. <laughs> Believe it or not. You guys are still very, very popular yeah. in Australia. Mm. Huge fan base. Might yeah. not see, you might not be reflected in your download numbers or your social media, but trust us. Like we've got the data right here, and we hold up like a, yeah. a briefcase filled with sawdust. <laughs> it's in here, all our files are in here. We bang it, and there's like dust floating out of it. It's all in here now. Um, these uh, fans of five. Uh, th- they're, they're organising a mass suicide, a Jonestown mm. style Kool Aid event. Mm. And it could be mass casualties, but you five, three, five, you three of five. <laughs> three fifths. You, you know, three fifths. Three fifths. You've got the you've got the chance to prevent a mass casualty mm. event. But um, how hang on, how what, how are we justifying that 
20 years after the peak of their career, <laughs> the fans of five have decided to have a suicide pact. Because there is a hardcore group, because you only need like a thousand. Yeah. I mean, oh, how many people is like too many deaths? Um, one of the members from five. <laughs> <laughs> one of you members of five. Like, oh, are you really going to challenge me and say, well, look, how many fans can there be? It's a, how many deaths is enough? Is two uh, like an acceptable no, no, that's no. So well, just don't question us. <laughs> I think you'll find in this post-COVID world, Charlie, two is a perfectly acceptable yeah, yeah. <laughs> number of daily deaths. It's true. We're wrapped if it's only two. <laughs> We're just slapping our, our briefcase, our sawdust yeah. briefcase. Saying, don't, so we've got the numbers. They're, they're, they're watertight. We have lots of numbers in here. So we say to them to prevent- We've got lots of numbers in <laughs> 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 And to prevent those deaths- um, uh, yeah. the, the, they they need to see uh, at least four members of five reform. Don't yeah. worry about abs. Okay, <laughs> we don't need abs. We can work, we can work on this later. Uh, uh, but we we need Jay back, and we've got a we've got the perfect doppelganger. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy who has been learning his raps. Yeah. He's been immersed in five because not lying there. That'll be the easiest part to sell. Okay, go, you know you know what the other thing is too. You're an actor. What? I'm an actor. Like this is, I mean. This is a little um, uh, what's uh, what's the fucking South Park puppet movie? Um, Team America. Team America. Like you know, yeah. you, they've they've got you for your acting skills to go undercover. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, you've been playing. Mate, all these I'm roles. so good at acting. I'll play the ASIO agent, then I'll play the guy pretending to be Jay, and they I, won't know I, the difference. You'll need to because I can't cover either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to do it in the same room, and the three members of five will be going, "Is that guy just like?" I think he's changing his outfits. <laughs> he's putting on a FUBU top and some <laughs> clipper pants and some dinner. Oh, good day, I'm Joy. I'm Joy. This is the ASIO guy in a FUBU jacket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we say that to them. And we just, and I reckon we make it like, you know, legit. Yeah. Look, look, uh, we understand that Jay is gone missing and, and you're yeah. not in contact with him, but we've got this guy who is a dead ringer. Mm. Um, so we want you uh, for the next month of the tour. This guy's going to go on tour with you, but yeah. you're going to start post- posting a lot on your mm. socials. The four of you make a big fuss about Jay being back. Jay, mm. Jay being back. The worst thing that could happen to you, three mem- the three members of five, <laughs> is that you get great publicity. I mean, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, right? And you know, let's be honest. We've looked at the numbers on Spotify. You could do with a bit of a boost. So, what do you reckon, the three members of five? What do you reckon they say? They say, well, as we always say in you know in five, all we need is a clear majority. So we just need two <laughs> of the three of the five for a majority. Two out of five is a majority in this band. So um I think we're better off saying rather than like asking them to act on behalf of their fans, like the 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 threat is directly at them. Otherwise, I think okay. the plane there's we've got Great information about that there might be somebody who is targeting you guys specifically. What we need to do is put in our best agent to just make sure that you guys – and the fact that you're not oh, like – that's a, a good idea. The fact that you're not a good agent is fine because there's not actually a threat against them, so it's not going to matter. You're just there to infiltrate the band and lure out Jay, our real yeah. target. <laughs> <laughs> but – wouldn't it be a great twist yeah. if it turns out there actually is a threat against five and suddenly I've got myself caught up in this like like cat and mouse game with some like crazed five fan who just like has always wanted to murder Jay. That's what why I'm Jay, and, then, that, and we find out that's why Jay's gone underground. 
Because Jay was on some sort of hit list. He's yes. had to fresh Prince of Bel-Air style. He's had to move, change his identity. You've come back. Oh, this is great. This is actually the plot of your Spice World, the movie, about yeah. the band Five. Because like, so you go undercover with this pretend idea that there's a threat against Five. You All you want to do is actually just be the new Jay. But yeah. then the people who were trying to kill Jay – they realize that Jay is back or they think that Jay is back. Yeah. And so then they come after you to try to kill you. And then the real Jay has to come out of retirement to defeat yeah. the enemies. Well, this is how it goes, right? So yeah. we convince him to let me be the new Jay. Yeah. You cut to an insane <laughs> asylum and it's like the news of like, and Jay has come back to, yeah. to five. And you see yeah. this one guy who hasn't talked mm. in 20 years sitting in a chair and he just like looks up at the TV screen and then you see him like just break the shackles and it's like, oh shit, like I've reactivated this serial killer. But I, I like I like the idea that he's got like rap lyrics just like scrawled all over his <laughs> yeah. cell. Like Super fly snooker. <laughs> Crossed out, just fly snooker, <laughs> Jimmy fly snooker, underlined. That's what drove him insane. It's either Jimmy Superfly Snooker or Superfly Jimmy Snooker. It's not Jimmy Fly Snooker. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just banging his head against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then I reckon, well, yeah. would that draw the real Jay? I mean, the real Jay might be like, fantastic. This impersonator can get killed and then I, I'm free. I can, I don't have to be in hiding anymore. Yeah. But I don't think that Jay's that sort of guy. No. From what I know about Jay, Jay's not going to let an in- innocent person die. It'll be a great third act too yeah. when the real Jay real turns Jay. up to save my life. <laughs> and then we all learn a lesson, yeah. which is that everybody should get up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, except for the people he's killed. <laughs> they should stay <laughs> really down. And he just finishes the movie and winks and goes, Jay is okay. Yeah. I mean, before he kills him, he's going to go, baby, when your lights go out, well, <laughs> they're going to be out forever. <laughs> what the, what's the movie called? Um, nine to five? <laughs> nine to five, five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.